Well, good morning. If you uh, have a Bible with you, I would invite you to turn to John chapter 1, and we will be looking at verses 1 uh, through 18 this morning. Uh, On your pew Bible, it should be on page 750. Uh, For many of us here at Mount Brook Baptist, this passage is pretty familiar just a couple of weeks ago, we, uh, we had the privilege of once again uh, taking part in living nativity. And I got to say, as I was reading this passage here this week and uh, a week or two ago as well, that I really can't read this passage anymore without hearing just the booming uh, great voice of Dr. Dot Nelson on that recording that we are uh, so familiar with for Living Nativity. I can just just hear him now uh, as we sit here before our scripture text this morning. But as you're probably aware, Christmas is not over yet. It's not over yet. We are in the, the middle of this Christmas season. And certainly we have much to celebrate. Much to celebrate in the fact that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came to us in the form of a helpless babe and took on flesh, became like one of us and came to earth. But did you know that before that, he was the Word? He was the Word. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 this morning read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John, from the very beginning of his gospel, is making an astonishing claim. An astonishing claim saying that before Christ took on the form of helpless babe, became incarnate, he was the Word. He was with God the Father in the beginning. And not only so, he was God as well. It's an incredible and astonishing claim, but I think... John wants for you and I to understand that if we don't get this this big picture, then we might miss the rest of the significance of who Jesus is and why it mattered. We have to understand the origin story, if you will. We have to understand from where it is he came. Jesus came 
from heaven. He was in the beginning with God. There's been a lot of ink spilled over the course of Christian history trying to make sense of how this could possibly be. There have been a lot of arguments, there's been a lot of writing, a lot of talk. Um, <laughs> but it really wasn't until 325 AD at the Council of Nicaea where earliest Christian leaders, church fathers came together and they said, hey, we, we need to really, we need to nail this down. We need to figure this out. And so it was at that first church council in 325 where the consensus, the right consensus was built that Christ, the Word, is co-equal and co-eternal with the Father. And one of the primary texts, one of the primary passages from Scripture, they had to affirm this belief is right here in John chapter 1. It's pretty incredible, pretty incredible, pretty astonishing to think about once again. It's tough to wrap our minds around how this can be so. Yes, we can, we can read here in John's gospel that this is the truth and no doubt it is, but it's really tough to comprehend, isn't it? Again, it's tough to wrap our minds around. Because if you're like me, we like pretty straightforward, we like pretty well-defined answers. We like things to be pretty cut and dry. And in a sense it is, but in another sense, this is so grand, this is so mysterious that it can be tough to make sense of it all if we're not careful. I mean, imagine for a second that you're presented with an opportunity. Perhaps maybe you have been presented with an opportunity before. Present your beliefs, your Christian beliefs, to a non-believer, to someone who is an atheist, to someone who is agnostic, who has no concept of what it means that Christ the Word, God the Father, were in the beginning with one another, that they are co-equal and co-eternal. Imagine for a second that you're trying to explain these things. Would you maybe get a little bit uncomfortable? Would it maybe... Maybe is it, would it be a little difficult for you to try to parse these things out, to sort them out? I'm a minister, and I have to confess that it can be difficult. It can be difficult to wrap our minds around these things, let alone to be able to explain it to someone else. You know, you and I, are called to faith, we are called to certain beliefs, 
correct beliefs as a result of the faith that we place in Christ. That doesn't mean that you and I can't wrestle with the deep truths of our faith. I think in some sense you and I are called to wrestle with these beliefs. And no doubt some of you sitting here this morning have. You have wrestled with these things. You know, how, how is it really true that God the Father, that Christ the Son are equal with one another? Perhaps you maybe haven't really thought that much about it before. Perhaps you've been to church your whole life and this is, this is what we believe in church. And you march forward, go, go throughout your day, and things are just fine and dandy. And then there could be some of you who are sitting here and maybe you are just a little bit skeptical. Perhaps this is, it's all, it sounds great, but really? Really? Is this, is this true? Um, I think you and I need to perhaps realize some good news as we sit in this text, as we sit in John chapter 1 this, this morning. Again, I believe it is okay for us to, to wrestle deeply with the very deep, the very real, the very complex truths of our faith. But I believe too that faith is not simply a, a blind acceptance. We're not called to turn off our brains and throw everything out the window. I think you and I are gifted with the ability to think, to reason, to imagine, and to ponder these things as as Mary did in her heart as she beheld the news that she would give birth to the Savior. It's okay to wrestle, but it's also not picking and choosing what we want to believe and throwing other things out the door as well. I think perhaps this passage this morning is really calling us Behold the beauty, the majesty, the wonder of the word. This passage evokes wonder, it evokes mystery. I think that you and I are, are called to treasure that. You're called to treasure that above all else. The word Christ he is heavenly. He is divine. He is co-equal. He is co-eternal with God the Father. But he's also accessible. Christ, he is also accessible. Let me read for you again verses 5 and then verses 9 through 13. It says, The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. 
the true light that gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. John in his gospel has uh, really beautiful illustrations and, and themes describing about describing the identity and, and the work of Jesus. You might be familiar with at least a handful of these. Throughout John's gospel, Jesus very straightforward, in a very straightforward manner, says that he is, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. This is very intentional on John's part, I think, because, again, this question of identity about who Jesus really is, who he was, where he came from, is all vitally important to what we believe and therefore to what we do. So John wants us to understand who Jesus really was. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I think in particular as John talks about the light, he's, he's making a couple claims here. Number one, he's saying that light The fact that Jesus is the light, that Jesus is more than just a guide. You and I don't just need clarity and spiritual illumination. We don't just need enlightenment. We don't just need that. We need the light to actively work against the darkness. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not Overcome it. Christ, the light and the life of the world, has defeated death and defeated darkness. Um, like many kids, I had a, I had a stage uh, when I was little where I was a little afraid of the dark. Uh, I'd go to bed at night, had my nightlight in my room. Um, but a lot of the time, it, I didn't feel comfortable, I didn't feel at peace, I didn't feel ready to, to go to sleep. Um, you know, a nightlight is, is good, it, it could help me get up and go to the bathroom, but really that's about all a, a nightlight is really good for in some sense. The light, just the fact that it was there wasn't quite good enough. But really and truly, there, there was, was something that really, I, I think, more than a nightlight, helped me, comforted me, reassured me. I was ever too anxious or too worried or too scared. My parents might come into the room and sit on my bed, put me, help me go to sleep, tell me a story. It was their presence, it was, it was their words 
more than a little nightlight that would help me go to sleep. I think you and I might be a helpful analogy to think about as we think about Christ and his presence and what it means for him to be the light. His presence is sufficient. It is, it is good enough. It is there. It is comforting. It gives us peace. Perhaps some of you this morning, uh, 2022 was, was a dark year. It was difficult. Illness, surgery, loss, grief, misfortune. Could have been a really difficult year for you. Could have been a dark year. Perhaps 2023, as we enter into this new year, perhaps it's, it's starting off not so great. Perhaps we don't know it, but perhaps it will, it will be difficult, it will be dark. But the good news is that Christ, our light and life, he is, he is with us. He is with us. And he casts out the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. It has not overcome what Jesus has done for us in and through his death and resurrection on the cross. But verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. I mean, it goes without saying, but Jesus came. Jesus is here. The wonder of the word becoming Flesh, again, it's astonishing, it's, it's mysterious. I think John is calling us to see that we can't pretend he's not here or be indifferent to his presence and be indifferent to what he's done and to who he is. He is, he is here. And so I think there's a question for us this morning. Do we recognize him? Do we see him? Better yet, how do we make him recognizable to others? How might we help others receive Christ? Maybe for the first time. Perhaps again and again. I think our text this morning is calling us to do our part to recognize and to receive him and to share him with others. And as a result, we get to become his children. We have a prized and a prime relationship with God the Father. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Our Lord and Savior, Christ the Word, he is heavenly, he is divine, and yet he is also so accessible to us, no matter how dark our lives might seem. And third and finally this morning, Christ the Word, he is particular. 
Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Remember back at verse one where we started, we're, we're, we're in the heavens here. We're in the cosmos. We're, 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 we're as high up as we can, we can possibly get. And then here just a few verses later, the word has become flesh. It's become flesh and he has made his dwelling among us. It's pretty incredible the fact that Jesus born in a stable in Bethlehem to a carpenter, to his, his mom Mary, so faithfully and so gracefully accepted her calling to be Jesus' mom. I mean, the circumstances are really extraordinary as you think about it. I think it can be so easy for us to, to simply just gloss over the Christmas story, but it truly is. Just as astonishing as it is that Christ came from the heavens, it is astonishing, too, that Christ broke into history. He came at the right time and in a fitting in a fitting way. The word dwelling in, in verse 14 is a really, really great word uh, in the New Testament Greek. Literally, it means the word tabernacled. The word went camping among us. He moved into the neighborhood. Christ made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son. We have seen, we have seen his glory. Christ, uh, excuse me, John assumes that his, that, his reader, that his readers believe, a lot of his readers believe in Jesus, that they have actually seen his glory, that they have known what Christ has done. They know this. That they can think back to the ways that Jesus performed miracles and told stories and preached with authorities, with authority and called the 12 disciples. That they can think back to this, that they can remember his glory. And so as we think about the fact that Christ came in particular circumstances, that he has made his dwelling among us, I think he's also asking, John is asking you and I to perhaps think back and reflect a little bit. How did Christ work in and through your life this past year in 2022? Where did you see his glory? Where where did you behold him this year? Perhaps if we didn't fully recognize him, fully see him in parts of our lives, what might it look like for us to behold and to see him here as we enter into 2022?
23. It's a great call, and a great challenge, and really a great opportunity for you and for me this morning. The Word, Christ the Word, He is, he is wonderful. He is, he is heavenly. He is, he is divine. He is from the beginning with God and was God. He's been made accessible to you and to me. He is the light that drives out darkness. How might we, how might we make him recognizable to others? How might we help others receive him? How might we behold Christ's glory in our life as we move forward into this new year? Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who took on flesh, became like us. Father, we, Lord, are called just to behold the beauty and the wonder of your word. Father, it's almost, it's almost too great to even fully comprehend. But Lord, we pray that we continue to place our faith and trust in you, that you would lead and guide us by your spirit. And that, um, Father, we would contend, continue to trust you when darkness when difficulty overcome us. Lord, help us this year and in the days to come, Father, to, for you to break in upon our lives. Lord, that we might share you more, that we might help make you recognizable to others by the way that we believe, by the way that we talk, by the way that we act. Help us, Lord. We thank you for your word. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.